0: There goes that man's jock <laughs> Oh my God, did you see that? <laughs> America's team? Yeah, right. Oh, baby, it's a big day in sports. There's nothing like battling it out with your teammates all season long to go win a championship. Green Bay's got it this
1: year. Huge move for him. I think it's going to be a game changer. We have a lot to talk about this busy week in the sports world. Welcome to the In a League of Their Own podcast. This episode is brought to you by Golf Kicks. Are you unimpressed with the golf shoes options currently on the market? Well, look no further. Golf Kicks allows you to transform any of your favorite shoes into golf shoes with replaceable spikes you can screw into the bottom of your sole. Head over to golfkicks.com and at checkout, use code OWN20, that's own N two zero for 20% off your order. Golf Kicks, screw your shoes. yo 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 happy friday man how's it going happy friday happy friday the snow is a flying how's it going good yeah finally getting some snow by us too i know last couple of days you you been getting some by you and we're finally um finally starting to see wisconsin winter although next week is supposed to be in the 60s so i don't know how that's gonna work but but yeah um before we dive into our content for today as always um appreciate everybody stopping in here on youtube For for our audio listeners on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, a big welcome to you as well. Uh, Feel free to check out all of our socials, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. You can find the link for those in the description below. Um, Any breaking sports news, memes, uh, really any sports content outside of our podcast, you can find that over there. Um, Again, you can find our audio episodes on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, anywhere associated with Anchor. They distribute our podcast to all those destinations. And as always, you can find our merch at streamerloot.co, also in the link below. T-shirts, sweatshirts, mugs, all that good stuff. Um, And one last announcement for today. Um, uh, For the holiday season, we'll be doing our first ever memorabilia raffle. Um, If you're a sports nut like the two of us, um, and looking to add to your collection, then you've come to the right place. We're going to be raffling off a mystery box of your choice from the NFL, NHL, or MLB valued at at least $70. Uh, to enter, you can DM us on any of our socials again, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, or email us at In the League of Their Own podcast at gmail.com. So the name of our show, all lowercase at gmail. Um, if you have any questions, we'll give you all the details things like that the entry fee for the raffle will be ten dollars for your first entry five dollars for your second and third entry with a max of three entries for this raffle so three entries for up to twenty dollars uh the raffle is open now and we're going to be closing it 48 hours after we receive five entries so uh make sure you guys act fast um Because, again, two days after we get our our fifth entry, we'll be closing it. Uh, Don't worry. We plan to keep doing these in the future. We're just uh, testing this out and seeing how many people want to do it with us. So uh, the winner will be announced live on the following episode after the uh, raffle is closed. And we'll be doing a live prize reveal as well. We'll be opening up the box, showing what it all looks like. Obviously, the certificate of authenticity as well. And then we will repackage it and send it to whoever wins. So, um, again, feel free to DM us if you're interested. Um, Yeah. Starting with our NFL content for today, uh, what you got over there?
0: Actually, what do you got? Hit me up with your (laughs) question.
1: All right. Um, After last night's win over the Steelers, uh, should the Vikings run the table and get to the playoffs – Are they a team who could go the distance or would they be a first round exit?
0: That's a difficult question just due to the fact of how banged up their defense currently is obviously Dalvin cook doing what he did last night with a separated shoulders, just incredible with the brace. Kirk cousins. Yeah. He had those two picks, both of which weren't really his fault. Um, Yeah, I mean, but their defense stepped up when they needed to make a play. Patrick Peterson was back early in the game. I think he ended up leaving during the game. And then um, Breland, him coming back after being out for a while, he just got targeted that whole second half of the game. And it seemed like he was struggling a little bit until at the very end when they kind of said, all right, we're not going (laughs) to let a 29-point lead just get blown like that. So I feel like they have some momentum off of that win. Granted, they were up 29 points. They looked like the best team in the NFL in the first half. And then they looked like the lions in the second half of that game. So depending where they go in the direction with obviously getting their guys back, if they do get back healthy, I could see them. If they do make the playoffs, I could, And they are healthy, like their defense, most likely, I should say. And Thielen back, anybody could win. I could see, I could see them making a run, especially if that running game can continue to do what it did last night. Granted, it's against the Steelers' running defense, which is terrible, Mm -hmm. but still, that was really impressive.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, step one was getting the win last night for them. with a loss, they would have been down to like five percent chance of making the playoffs. Um, with eight losses, it just like the, that's just tough to to run the table at that point. Um, right now, looking at the standings, they are the first team out. Again, pending what all these uh, what happens with all these other teams this week. I mean, <clears throat> if they get in, like like you said, if, so long as they can get healthy, they can kind of go toe to toe with. Some some of these teams, some of them seem like they I mean, I, I shouldn't say that they beat <clears throat> they beat Green Bay. So depending on what, what happened there, again, the game probably being in Green Bay if, if they played. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I I guess I, I don't even know if they'll make it to be honest. Like thinking about oh, if they make it, are they gonna go the distance at six and seven. There's still a game back from Washington San and San Francisco. Well, a half a game back because if they both lose, then they have the same record. Um, the team right under Minnesota, the Eagles, also six and seven. Um, I honestly think that Philadelphia is a better team than Minnesota right now, to where I could see Minnesota end up falling down and being the second team out. You think Philly's going to beat Washington this weekend? It's oh, yeah. they um, I thought it was that da- it's Dallas, Washington.
0: All right, yeah, excuse me, excuse me, yeah, because the Eagles are on a bye,
1: yeah, yeah, okay, because so I was looking at that too. I'm like, where the heck are the Eagles? Who do they play? But that makes sense because yeah, they're on a bye, they're on a bye,
0: yeah, they um, play Washington next weekend,
1: yeah, um. But I don't know. Kind of looking, I'm pulling up their the rest of their schedule to see. I guess between the Vikings and the Eagles, who kind of has an easier path to the finish line? Vikings
0: the, definitely.
1: Yeah, well, I mean the Eagles aren't They've even out of the mix
0: twice,
1: and the Eagles aren't even out of the mix for winning the division. They have uh, Washington Giants, Washington Eagles. Or Cowboys, I mean, to finish the year, so they yeah, have all division Dallas games. Wins,
0: if Dallas wins this weekend, that's pretty much wrapped.
1: Yeah, so they um, they which have to think on
0: Washington at six and seven, which should be tied with the Vikings and the Eagles. Who who wins that tiebreaker?
1: Yeah, I don't know what the tiebreaker would be for that. I don't even know if they've gone head to head yet because the Eagles, the Eagles and Washington haven't played each other yet, so there is no. no... There's no head-to-head tiebreaker there yet. And
0: the Vikings would have the same winning percentage. Yeah. So who would be in? Because the other two would be out.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. The Eagles in Washington are kind of controlling their own destiny to where if they split – like, if one team could sweep both of, both of those games, you're kind of solidifying yourself as that six or seventh seed. If they split, then it's going to be coming down to the last week.
0: Well, if you don't finish second in that division – you're pretty much out.
1: Oh yeah, there's like no way. You said, there's no the way Niners three teams come out of the the East,
0: and the Niners are right there too. Like you said, with the Vikings, Panthers, Falcons, and Saints, all are one win back from tying those guys as well. So after this weekend, we should have a good, chance, you know, a good indictation of kind of mm-hmm. who's going where.
1: And obviously, the bye week, like it's good for the Eagles, kind of rest up before their last push in the year but at the same time it's kind of a bad time to get a buy because now the the vikings won if the 49ers win if all the teams around them win that puts the pressure on them come next week that shit we all these teams won last week we have to win just to keep even and it'll depend some some teams come out flat out of a buy some teams are healthy and look really good. So I guess it's going to depend. I um, feel this
0: late in the season after 13 weeks of straight playing, like that's torture or 12 straight weeks. That's straight. No, it's actually 13 of straight torture. Now you finally get to relax a little bit here, get healthy. I feel like the teams who've made it this far without their, you know, taking their buy, not not a lot of teams are super banged up. You know, like the Eagles, they're not a team that's super hurt right no. now. A lot of these teams, Miami, a lot of these teams right now who are on these buys are teams who are just getting healthy and ready, pushing Colts. You know, these teams who are getting ready to make that charge for that wild card or the division.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, for the, like I said, for the Vikings, um, if they do make it, I do think they'd be a first round exit, honestly. If they even get that far, they have again winning last night was a was the step in the right direction, but they still got to play Green Bay. Who, what's their what's their other game? You said they got to play Chicago twice. Mm-hmm. Rams. Rams. Rams again. Oh shit! So. I mean Packers Rams you take those two losses nine loss you're not getting into the playoffs as a nine loss team at least not on the NFC side <laughs> AFC side maybe depending on how that shakes out but
0: we could we could see a nine loss team with the wild card the second wild card
1: in the on
0: the NFC side NFC mm-hmm.
1: Well, I mean, the only, it, each the te- only
0: team that it's really mm. super far, hard to ask that of is. I mean, Washington's capable of losing three games. Eagles Eagles are capable of losing two. Niners are capable of losing three. Yeah, but you know,
1: Washington, Washington and Philly play each other twice. So each team is guaranteed to win. So they're not,
0: neither of them can lose. Well, one can lose twice. Washington could lose twice, and then lose to the Cowboys, and they both have nine losses.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just – like, like at-
0: It's it's crazy. Like, this year is absolutely insane with how yeah. many teams are still relevant because normally in years past, by this point
1: – Oh, there's 10 teams eliminated. Yeah, yeah, usually by this point. There's, al- there's the-
0: only a couple teams
1: still fighting, where in this – The Texans are the only team out of it right now. Yeah. Although the Lions, I saw it was a one in two trillion chance. Yeah. They need
0: like so many crazy things to happen, which I doubt it.
1: Mm hmm. Well, because.
0: But yes, Texans are the only team absolutely 100% eliminated. Yeah. Which is funny. Mm
1: hmm. Which I think it's like the odds right now. For if you put a hundred dollars on the Lions and they made it to the playoffs, it'd be like a multi-million dollar payout or something.
0: Oh, for sure. Well, then yeah. On to my question here, kind of with the same sort of tailored to it. Tampa Bay currently on a three-game winning streak. Gronk getting back healthy. AB going to be back, not this coming week, but the following. Do you think? this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team can go on another run and repeat as Super Bowl champs?
1: I am going to say that they don't, mostly because all the names you mentioned are going to be the the only reason that they can make a playoff push. Their defense is not the same as it was last year. Um, Yeah, they've had a couple big blowouts against, shitty teams like the bears where it was like 38 to three and some of these other lopsided wins, but their defense is just, they, they, they've got to the point where it's too many shutout, like, or uh, not shutouts, um, shootouts. That's what I'm looking for. Too many shootouts on the stretch with these teams that they should be putting away early um, or kind of playing the Falcons game to where they are getting leads and letting teams kind of come back like last week what was it against the falcons where they had the game wrapped up super early uh they ended up winning 13 to 7 but the falcons made a surge like like late like right by ha- like a half or like in the third quarter the falcons were within a, a score um yeah it was 20
0: to 7 at one point and then the falcons ended up scoring 10 points in the second quarter to make it 20 to 20 yeah or excuse me 20 to 17
1: yeah. It was 20 to 17 going into half. Half. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you can't count out, count out Tom, like we said in the last episode, three people you can't bet against Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, you can't bet against them, but if it's going to be us, if, if they don't get go the distance is because their defense isn't able to get it done. Um, which I mean, this week they play the bills, um, Uh, again take it with a grain of salt last last monday night's game how like obviously a loss is a loss for the bills a loss that they really couldn't afford because uh instead of being at the top of the afc now they're one loss away from potentially dropping out of the playoffs right now but um i don't know i mean tom 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 isn't going to have an easy time against that bill's defense either
0: they're just gonna run it down their throat like every other team has.
1: Yeah, but
0: Leonard Fournette's gonna have a big day.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not gonna. I I the Cardinals Packers. I would put ahead of the Bucks right now on the NFC side. Um, maybe even not even. Maybe the Bucks not even making it to the NFC Championship. Honestly, so. um and if they do make it to the Super Bowl, uh even though even though he beat he beat Bill in his return to New England, I feel like the Patriots are gonna be representing the AFC side so that even if they do make it to the Super Bowl, I don't think he can beat Bill twice in one year one year.
0: Yeah, I mean I ain't betting against this team, I ain't counting them out. I'm saying them them Packers Washington I don't see Arizona being that threat of a team that you do just I just don't see it JJ Watt being, if he comes back which rumored is possible if he comes back then we'll see what that team is with a full loaded defense but until then we're almost back to full strength. It's just Tom, dude. Like, it's Tom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think they could do it. And how amazing of a story really would that be if it's Bucks-Pats in the Super Bowl? Like, <laughs> everybody would say the NFL's rigged if that's happened. If that happened, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Obviously we'll see, but I mean, I want to bet against the guy, but also I do just cause I'm fucking sick of seeing him there. <laughs> but uh, my next question for you here, um, what team fires their head coach next? That's a great question. Again, I feel like, because of how cl- because of how close the, the NFL is this year we have like we haven't really seen any co- there's been no coaches really fired Gruden he's the only one and it wasn't because the team was playing bad it was cuz of what happened with that whole thing um like it's hard it's hard to fire your head coach if you still have a chance to make the playoffs so um but this week i feel like There's a handful of games that could happen to where, all right, we have a 2% chance now you're gone. Dallas,
0: I could say McCarthy potentially, depending how far they go this season. If they have this collapse, I feel like he could be easily gone. Um, Pete Carroll. Seattle, I could see that coming to an end. Matt Nagy with the Bears, I could see that coming to an end, even though I do feel like he's going to finish the season with them. Um, and the only other team I can really think of on the AFC side, like Broncos.
1: A Vic Fangio, yeah.
0: Like him or the Texans coach, but the Texans coach, like how much can you really your franchise quarterback fucked you? <laughs> yeah. Like he screwed that whole franchise.
1: Yeah, I mean the two the two coaches I put up there, David Cully, Texans, um, where it's like, oh, like kind of like feeling empathy for the guy, like I don't care you're you're like it's the NFL. Like so then Urban Meyer should be number two. <clears throat> and Dan Gamble, I throw him in that as well. But the, t- the 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 coach I could actually see getting fired after this week, Matt Nagy. If the Packers absolutely stomp Chicago, they move to four and nine on the year. Basically, one more loss after that eliminated probably. At 10 losses, there's no way you're making the playoffs at 10 losses at least. Um if the Packers stop them, I could see Matt Nagy get in the boot after this week. As far as being the closest coach to get fired.
0: I just don't think Dan Campbell's even on the table to get fired since they just brought him in and paid him a fuck ton of money
1: to be the head coach. Well, then same thing for McCarthy, same thing for Urban Meyer. Well, McCarthy's this is his second year there. Yeah, but he had they had a uh, 10,000 injuries last year. So you he inherited a, a bad team to kind of try to take over last year. I'm not going to win the year. Super
0: Bowl on paper last year, just like this year. They say that every single year. It doesn't matter who their head coach is. I feel like because of who you represent and McCarthy guaranteed a win against Washington this weekend, like. Time management fucking skills are trash. Every podcast in America, SportsCenter fucking chirps. Yeah, like but
1: as far, what, as, antics, far as what far as matching
0: watermelons in hotel rooms and then not cleaning it up, like.
1: But as far as what team fires their head coach next? If Dallas loses this week, they're not getting rid of McCarthy. You're first in the NFC East. You're not going to fire your head coach leading, winning your division. So, like, what t- what what team do you – like, I, I agree with you. Like, if McCarthy shits the bed, there's a collapse in Dallas. But, again, how, how long did he keep Jason Garrett after that team was shit for how many years? If Mike's buddy-buddy with Jerry, he's, he's kind of there for a while, unless Jerry changes his mind and decides to go back on that. But, I guess, what team do you see, like, Broncos, this week, uh, next week,
0: being fired. Denver. Denver? Yeah. Every quarterback decision you've made fucking hurt your team. You traded away. Obviously, I don't know if that was his doing, but you let Von Miller go. You're one more loss of being out of it almost. Mm-hmm. And one more, and I feel like they could just re restart that reboot that whole team because they do have a handful of young guys who are really good. They just need to find the right guy. I feel like to lead that job. Yeah,
1: because he's in what is second year two there only, second or third or first. I don't know. <laughs> I keep for every time I see him, I'm like, oh, yeah, if you keep forgetting, you're the head coach of the Broncos right now.
0: He's been the head coach since 2019.
1: So this is his third year.
0: Yeah. And they've been shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see it. But again, the one the one thing that would keep him there is at six and seven, you're still in the mix for the playoffs. So unless you're confident on whoever the interim coach is that steps in to quickly turn the ship and get you back into the playoff mix, that's a big risk as an organization to get rid of your head coach when you're still a half game or You're in. I mean, the Broncos are in right now, I believe, like if the playoffs ended or started today, they'd be in. It's at six and six.
0: One guy I didn't think about. What about Zim?
1: Oh, Mike Zimmer. That's right. Actually, Denver. Shoot. Denver is 12th in the AFC. What? Yeah, it's six and six. That's crazy how they're only a game out, but they're six games out of the playoffs right now. Or six or uh five or six spots out of the playoffs. But yeah, Mike Zimmer. I completely forgot about him, mostly because they won last night. So I didn't even really think of that. But um I mean, heck, we could have saw him fired last night. If the Steelers completed that comeback and won that game, we he might not he might not be the head coach right now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, the Vikings are definitely a team of throwing that. To at six and seven with all these other teams again that got if if all the teams ahead or below them win this week they could they could drop way out but
0: yeah and then here's my uh second question for you here who's the number one seed in clinch's home field advantage in both the afc and the nfc
1: I'll start with AFC side just because it's a little, I shouldn't say easier for me to come up with an answer because you never know what's going to happen in these last couple of weeks. But I'm going to say that the Patriots are going to be the number one seed. They are, they've climbed themselves out of this hole. They're on a, what, seven-game heater now. They're just, they're rolling. They got um, a couple division games left, uh, somewhat easier games, but also like, um oh they have a bye this week, don't they? Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. I'm just pulling next week. They have the Colts, which is probably their toughest game to finish the season. Colts, Bills, Jags, Dolphins. So yeah. They're if they can get on if they can go unscathed, if they can beat the Colts and the Bills, that's that's a wrap. Because Jags, yeah, no, not gonna happen, especially in New England. Well, I actually, I don't care where the Jakes play, except for London, apparently. That's where they can win. Um, and then the Dolphins, which, again, depending on how the Dolphins, if they can keep rolling, that game might have a lot on it just for the sake of Dolphins trying to get in. And depending on the rest of the AFC, if the Patriots need to win that to secure the one seed. Um,
0: yeah, because if the Titans, Ravens, and Chiefs all win this weekend, all four teams are tied top of the AFC.
1: And I think like the Patriots have the tiebreaker because they beat – do they have, like, the best division record uh conference record or whatever? I feel like I saw for tiebreakers they, they were on the top.
0: Feel, and you look at the Chiefs schedule, easy. Raiders, Chargers, Steelers, Bengals, Broncos like for how they've been playing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But I guess on the NFC side I mean, obviously I'd be biased with the Packers just cuz the the Cardinals are the one seed right now, but they have a couple of games in that NFC West including a game against the Rams this week which obviously fingers crossed the Rams beat them because then the Packers are in the driver's seat with a tiebreaker over the Rams and the Cardinals beating both of them. Um,
0: Would we have the tiebreaker over the Bucks Buccaneers?
1: Yeah. Green Bay wins tiebreaker over Tampa Bay based on best winning percentage in conference games. And – Green Bay only has – or no, they still play Cleveland and Baltimore. Yeah. Where playing NFC teams would almost be better for them so that they can make their winning percentage in the NFC even better.
0: And the Bucks play all – except for the Jets, all conference in the Bills this weekend
1: so two they same thing three. two Except of their last
0: were on the bye they already had theirs
1: so two so same thing for the packers and the Bucks. two of their last the two of their yeah, last four if, if AFC the Bucks win this they're...
0: weekend then they move ahead of us
1: no because the packers play the they'll bears be
0: three well they'll be 10 and three
1: and so the packers
0: not after this weekend because they're on the bye Oh fuck, dude. My head is
1: <laughs> I was gonna say, what the fuck are you talking about?
0: The... So, as, they... long as, the pa-
1: as long as the Packers win out, they
0: So you think they... the Packers?
1: Yeah. I think the Card the Cardinals get one more loss to end the year Packers win out. They'll be the one seed.
0: Yeah, I think us and Tampa are both gonna end up tied with the same record at the top. Whoever wins has the tiebreaker at the end. That's what I'm going with. Hopefully it's Green Bay, but.
1: It should it should be. I don't know why they team. wouldn't. As long as they don't cough up a, up, up a game.
0: Against the Vikings or the Lions. Yeah. And then AFC side, I actually think that. I personally think Kansas City is going to win, get the number one seed in the AFC and clinch home field, and I think New England's going to end it at their place in the AFC Championship, or maybe even whoever squeaks in between Buffalo and Dolphins for that seed, who would play the number one seed right away after that game. I feel like whoever is in that game could potentially do it right there. So then the Patriots being the number two seed would then have home field advantage for the rest of the way. Cause that's, yeah, always, cause cool. It... that's always cool to see when a higher seed team gets knocked out. And then the next seeded next highest seeded team gets the yeah. Oh, fuck get a home game. Our team's going to make like $7 billion yeah. this game.
1: Yeah. Cause yeah, the way with, um, whoever the one seed is, they just play the lowest seed that's still remaining.
0: Yeah. That's a wild card.
1: Yeah. 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 Sounds good. Then, um, for today, um, a couple bonus questions for you guys. Um, we opened it up to some of our social media, um, outlets for asking you guys to give us some questions to ask each other here. So, um, First question here, we got Fresh Vinny 15 from TikTok asks, Why is Lamar Jackson a quarterback and not a running back?
0: Well, I'll answer that real simply for you, uh, uh, Fresh Vinny 15. It's because he's so dynamic and such an athlete that you want your most dynamic, athletic, most game changing person to have the ball in his hands every single time and at that quarterback position because he still can throw it just makes him the most versatile being a quarterback instead of a running back. So there's your answer, Vinny.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And the only thing I'd add to that is that as a running back, he would have to be bigger. You have to put on a shit ton of weight <laughs> to, cause he's good. He's He's shifty. He's good. Like at what he does. Cause he's like, as a quarterback, he is able to do that as a running back you're taking a lot more hits and at his size, he would not be able to play a running back position and take the hits a running back does at his size. So just for his physical being, I'm trying to picture Lamar Jackson with another 30, 40 pounds of muscle on him. And it just, he's too small. Yeah. So
0: yeah. All right, then. Coming from our next question, Gabriel, also from TikTok, asks, do you think the Browns are good enough to make the playoffs?
1: I do not. And because of one key reason, um, and we shit on him all the time, Baker Mayfield's at the helm. Um, he, he, just, he can't get it done. It's, and looking at the schedule the rest of the season – Ravens, probably a loss. Raiders could be a loss. At Green Bay, good luck. At the Steelers, might be able to win that one. And then hosting the Bengals, somewhat of a chance. So there's probably a good chance they're going to lose three of their last five games, I think. And no, I don't think that they're going to make the playoffs. So one, because of Baker Mayfield leading the ship. And two, because their schedule is too tough to finish the season.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, The schedule's too tough. Baker Mayfield is an average quarterback clutch moments. He can't get it done passing. If for some reason they're able to beat Baltimore this weekend, And I guess beat the Steelers in their place on January 3rd, even though they're not looking too much of a team right now. They have a pretty good chance actually to reverse that and end up potentially getting in, depending how the Colts, Chargers, and um, Bengals do to finish out the season. But this weekend's a big a big game for them. And I feel like if they if they could beat Baltimore. that gives them a little bit of life to at least try to get in. So I'm going to put them right on that fence, potentially making that eighth spot or seventh spot. Excuse me.
1: Sounds good. The last NFL question here. Uh, this one is from Shane on Twitter. Shane asks, is Dak Prescott a top five quarterback?
0: Um, Shane I'm going to say Dak Prescott is not a top five quarterback, and I'm going to give you a few reasons why right here. <laughs> One, how many playoff games has he won? Two, he is only successful when he hands the ball off and I believe that between Zeke and Tony Pollard, at least 20 touches or 25. That the Cowboys are like 26 or 29 and 0. So what does that say? You're successful through your running game, not through the air. Three. You choked against Tom Brady. You throw. It's like he almost has that Mahomes syndrome. Tries to play hero ball too too much. Instead of taking the underneath, taking the whatever, he's don't get me wrong. I definitely keep him in that top ten conversation. But Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins, Mahomes, Josh Allen, even Mac Jones at this point, Rogers. You have all these guys who are ahead of Dak Prescott in that conversation. So I would say not top five, but I'd put him in that eight to. Th- Fifteen range, anywhere between in that.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I would definitely not put him in the top five. Highest I'd put him is like seven. I'd say like, seven to ten range is kind of where I'd put Brett, Dak Prescott. Um, yeah, I mean, for a lot of the, a lot of the same reasons you said, he just Dallas is only successful when they get get, get a good run game going. The only reason that he gets uh, his three four hundred yard games is when they're down 20, 30 points and the teams are just letting them get eight to 10-yard chunk plays just around the clock at the end of the game. Like, I don't know. Yeah, not nothing really else to add than what you said. But yeah, definitely not a top five QB. Stats are actually pretty
0: good. He's got 101.7 quarterback rating. It's only four points below Rodgers. And I didn't even put Kyler Murray on that list. So, yeah, I'd move it now from 9 to 16. And all right, that was wrapping up our uh, questions from our social media platforms. Now we're hopping into the NBA here. The Heat and the Wizards. Excuse me. After the Lakers lost last night, AD came out and said that they need to play like their underdogs and have that underdog mentality. Do you think that is going to be a method that gets them some wins, or do you think they need to do something else?
1: I, I mean, obviously, mentality is a big part of the game. How you carry yourself out of the court every night it's a big part of obviously what transitions over to the physical side of things i feel like the just the the underdog mentality yeah it can it can put some fire under people but it's going to take a lot more than just that to turn the shipper i don't know Every, every time like Every time the Lakers do something good, everybody's all high and mighty on them. And then it's like, okay, just give it two days. The next game, they're going to shut the bed again. Like last night, for instance, against Memphis. Memphis without John Morant. They get blown out. I don't know what the final was, but I know they were down big at one point. Um, I don't know. I'm just... Yeah, I don't know. I I just don't I, – I no matter what they do mentally, physically, I'm just not set on – they need a big change, basically, whether it's firing Frank Vogel, whether it's – I mean, they can't really bring in anybody else at this point. They freaking brought in anybody – everybody under the sun that's ever played in the league for 10-plus years. I don't know. I'm just I it's hard for me to think of something good to say about the Lakers. I guess that's why I've like like kind of just had you a loss for work. To. No, I, I know. Actually, I just
0: I actually laughed when I heard AD say that and I was like you're supposed to be one of the top 3 fucking players in the league Mm-hmm. say it. we're underdogs. LeBron's supposed to be the GOAT and you guys are supposed to be the underdogs? Like are you kidding me? Carmelo Anthony that is one of the, the best the corner shooters. Worst that is the worst mentality to have, and I hope these guys don't make the playoffs. I'm rooting against them now at this point because that's foolish.
1: Yeah. I mean, for some teams, it makes sense to have an underdog mindset if you are – Yeah, if
0: you're in dead last.
1: Yeah. If you're –
0: you have no superstars on your team.
1: Yeah. If you're on the outside looking in, yeah, have that chip on your shoulder to kind of give you motivation. But the Lakers, they'd be in the playoffs right now. So, like, why do you have an underdog mindset? Like, I don't know. Yeah, my first question for you here for the NBA the Heat and Wizards are both tied at 15 and 11 in the Southeast Division. Uh, will either of these teams win the division, or will Atlanta or Charlotte catch them?
0: Miami, <clears throat> they're going to win the division. It's plain, plain simple.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I forget when I I look at this division sometimes how stacked they are. I mean, the Heat, Wizards as of late looking good. They're a top five team in the East right now. Atlanta just, were just was just in an Eastern Conference Finals last year. Charlotte Hornets, uh, LaMelo Ball, when he does his thing, they look like a good team. I mean, all these teams are capable of winning that division. Um I honest, yeah. I was thinking maybe Atlanta, but they relied too much on Trey Young. And I guess John Collins, too. He's kind of another guy to throw in that, that if Trey's having an off night, Collins will step up, maybe even Clint Capella a little bit. But he's just too good from top to bottom um, when healthy, when they got everybody on the floor. So, yeah, I'll agree with you on that one.
0: All right, now to my second question here. Who's going to be the first team eliminated? Like? Like, out of the playoffs, not even in the plan.
1: Oh, like, your season's done, you have no chance to...
0: Yep, no. Who's going to be, like, the first team where they get the X next to their name in the standings?
1: First two teams that come to mind are Detroit and... Uh... New Orleans. Um, just because of the fact that Zion is not back yet, that team's gonna not win enough games to make a playoff push by any means. But Pelicans with Zion, I'd say, are gonna be a little bit better, put together a couple better stretches than Detroit. Um, so I'm gonna say Detroit. Detroit's gonna be the first team eliminated, and ironically enough, they are the bottom team in the NBA right now, so So yeah, I'm saying pistons. Saying the pistons. (laughs) Let me say the magic. Magic?
0: Magic or the rockets. Actually, I'm going to say the Rockets go with my gut. First team in NBA history to have a losing streak of 15 games followed by a seven-game winning streak in the same season, and they did it like back-to-back stretches. So, Yeah. This team's capable of losing another 15 games in a (laughs) row, so I'm going to hop on that bandwagon, and the Rockets are going to be the first ones out.
1: Sounds good. Uh, my last question in the NBA here for you. Uh, the Warriors are currently 21 and 4 with the best record in the NBA. With Clay eyeing a return uh, in a few weeks, hoping by the end of the month, if not early January, do you think they have a chance to tie, if not beat, their 73 and 9 record from their 2015 2016 season?
0: Yeah, I I do. I feel like them and the Suns both have a chance to get over 70 wins. I said that Golden State, at the, I said at the beginning of the year, I believe we, this got brought up some point along the way back when we had an NBA talk on our podcast on the road. But I think that... I think I said that they were going to get 70, but I didn't think they were going to break it at this point in the year. I see both of these teams potentially breaking 73. Like, these are the two best teams we've seen in a long, long time of just pure domin- dominance.
1: Do you think it helps them? I mean, I, like, obviously, both rosters, great. Warriors, I mean, aside from the one down year two years ago, had injuries, Clay was out, whatever. They got some talent now. Suns as well, just had an NBA Finals appearance. Do you think that their success helps them because they're in the West, where if they are in the East playing those teams, that it'd be harder for them to have this record?
0: Absolutely, and especially this season. Lakers are figuring out what's going on. Clippers are out without Kawhi. There's a lot of injuries right now on this Western side to some big-name players who are out for a long period of time. And that's why I feel like these two teams have the opportunity to do that. Because now's the time you cap, you know, you capitalize on it when the other teams are weak and hurting and whatever and they're stepping on their throat and they could clinch by the end of next month, maybe, you know, like yeah they're on a roll. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. Teams in the east are a lot tougher on defense. Yeah, that's for the sure. Scores are scores are lower. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and then uh, heading over to our social media, Ryan from Twitter asks, will Giannis play his whole career in Milwaukee?
1: As much as it pains me to say it, I don't think he will. Um, I mean, they, he won a championship last year. He did his part. He did a lot for the city of Milwaukee. Early on, he he was like he, when asked about it, he – shut the questions down. No, I'm a buck. Um, and as of late when asked about challenges he sees later in his career where he sees himself down the road, he's kind of the way he's answered it has been left that door open to um I I like I could see challenges down the road for me that aren't in Milwaukee where he's just kind of like sprinkling a little bit of like wonder of oh maybe he won't be here. And just with, I don't know, eventually, I mean, Drew Holiday, he's been around the league for a while, Uh, Brooke Lopez. um, Those are two guys that they're not going to be there forever. So you remove them eventually out of the equation, whether it's retirement or they go elsewhere to finish their career. That puts more pressure on Giannis' shoulders. He realizes I've already proven myself. I've won multiple MVPs, finals MVP, NBA championship. I'll go elsewhere, take a little bit of a LeBron role later in my career, take a little bit of a backseat where I can still play ball, stay healthy. But he can't fucking
0: shoot like LeBron can just shoot.
1: No. Well, no, I'm not comparing him. to LeBron. I'm just saying LeBron's situation to where Westbrook AD are kind of the two Two heads of that Lakers offense right now, as far as logging minutes, being but as
0: a big guy, it's hard to do that.
1: Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I just I don't see him finishing his career in Milwaukee. I'm not like I, I like I honestly like I hope I hope he does. Like I hope I, I think he he's less loyal than he is, but at the same time, like I said, he's done everything under the sun. Why not go do it somewhere else where you can play with? a friend play again, NBA is a very buddy, buddy league. Who knows? But yeah, I don't yeah. think he finishes in Milwaukee.
0: I completely disagree with you. I think he's a buck for life. I th- I think that he recruits some people to Milwaukee instead of leaving. I feel like he changes that role around. People are going to want to play with Giannis like they wanted to play with LeBron. It's going to be the same type of thing. People are going to be begging, wanting to come to Milwaukee, especially, He just signed that contract extension, so he is a buck until the 2026 season. He has a trade restriction in his clause as well. So he's stuck for the next five years, and with his cap hit going up and the amount of money that he's getting paid is going up, the older he gets, he's not going to be as valuable to these other teams. I feel like by him taking this contract extension is saying, I want to be in Milwaukee. I don't want to leave. Because he could have went and left. Like, that was the big thing after he won. Mm -hmm. Is he going to sign? Is he going to go? Is he going to? And I feel like because he decided to stay, he's here.
1: Well, he signed his contract before they won. So he was contractually obligated to stay in Milwaukee before they won it last year. Yeah, but why do you think he signed it, though?
0: Because he actually had a chance to win.
1: Yeah. well It's all him. about
0: winning. It's not about playing with your friends.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the thing for him, too, is you wonder, he signs that extension. All right, I have five, six years to win a championship. He goes and does it in his next year. Oh, shit. I thought this was going to take longer. Obviously, the aspirations of any NBA team is you want to win a championship every year. I mean, even if you are the bottom team of the league, if you don't have the mindset of I want to win a championship every year, then go play fucking pick up ball at YMCA because he do in the to, NBA. To,
0: but if he wants to go over to the Western Conference where the nobodies are and play over there, what are you proving? Like, well, there's no indication to leave. Yeah. The only thing that I could have ever saw him leave to go was to the Lakers. I don't see that happening anymore.
1: No, I, w- I wouldn't expect him to go to the Lakers by any means. I don't moment. see him going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I just... I don't know.
0: And one cool thing about basketball I do want to touch on, Shaq, it was pretty neat what he said the other day after they removed the letters of the oh, Staples. yeah. I'm glad they changed his name because me and Kobe own that bitch. Yeah. It's like, that's so awesome. Like, that's... Yeah.
1: That's Shaq so cool. and Kobe's
0: house. It made the hair on my neck stand up when I heard him say. I know. That. Like that's unreal.
1: I think that's almost like a little a little kidney blow to like LeBron. It's like you don't fucking deserve to play at Staples Center.
0: Well, he did win a championship. In the bubble. <laughs> the banner still gets hung in LA. <laughs> that's
1: true. But yeah, no, that I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot about that. But, yeah, that was awesome to see sounds good yeah then over to the ice here um first question for you um with home ice a minimal factor in hockey it's not really like um like nfl where it's turf or grass or like how some fields are different ice is ice um and i mean even for betters, home ice isn't really taken into consideration it's more or less the better team um Like I guess with that being said, the second part of that question, which arena do you think is the toughest for a team to go in and win with that fan factor?
0: That's a great question. Carolina, I've heard, is a very, very, very tough place to play. And their fans are rowdy as shit. I can also see Florida Panthers, Tampa Bay, and Toronto, all their fans are nuts as well. Wild fans are even nuts. And especially with how good they're playing this season. (laughs) That's just such a great question. Vegas, I've also heard, is very difficult. Like, sometimes it's so loud you can't even hear, like, whistles and shit. I don't know. I, I personally think home ice has actually a lot to do with how the game goes, just for the fact that the crowd getting loud on a power play or a penalty kill type of thing. You really hockey is all about communication because if you're moving so fast and doing all these, you're yelling and talking. A lot of the time you're yelling out what you're doing and you're ho- relying on you're that person hearing what you're yelling. And if they can't hear you half the time team, you're looking around trying to figure out what's going on. And then that's when a team just fucking buries you. So those teams with super loud fans, kind of the little bit smaller, more compact arenas where the volume Nashville used to be a crazy place, not so much anymore since they've hit their shits like shit streak, but yeah, I, number one place i'd I'd have to say probably Carolina Vegas is probably the coolest place to play, but I'd definitely say probably XL Energy Center, the Wild or the uh, um, Carolina Hurricanes, definitely.
1: Yeah. Um, circ- I mean, for me, circling back, obviously, I've never played the game of hockey, but just watching it and just kind of the pressure I, f- I feel like I'd feel stepping out of the ice, T Mobile Arena in Vegas. Again, just with. Like, like that city is just happy to get a hockey, like so happy to get a hockey team. That arena's always packed. You got a freaking Broadway show going on on one side of the arena. All these lights, all the animations. On top of it, not only the, the Golden Knight fans that are there, but the sports bettors that are there who don't give a shit about the teams. They're fucking, they're rowdy because they put, they have thousands of dollars on one team, winning over the other i feel like there's all those factors in one place at at one time it also helps out the knights are as good as they are um yeah i don't know I, i i feel like vegas would just be a very intimidating place to try to play
0: yeah like i said anywhere where it's not real spread out where it's more up and down where it's like compact where like the it's like the audio stacks on top of each other instead of like, kind of like being able to spread out. It just makes you feel like you're trapped in a bot. Like you can't escape it. Like they're in your thoughts. Yeah. It's like that annoying. Yeah. Good question, dude. Then my first question to you, Mark Andre Fleury gets a shutout out winning his 500th win on the road last night in Montreal. The Montreal fans were cheering, flurry, 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 on his way off the ice. He got showered by things in the locker room after the game was over. Mm -hmm. He now sits number three on the all-time list for wins for goal goaltenders. Do you think... He catches number two, Patrick Waugh, or even potentially number one, Martin Broder. Martin Broder's got 691 wins in 1,266 games played. Patrick Waugh has 551 in 1,029. Marc-Andre Vlery has 500 wins in 901 games. The second, I guess the second best... Like a winning percentage. Cause he's played so little games.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think he I mean, second for sure, just because he's only what five fifty one Oh, now. So next season, late next season, maybe, or early mid next season. Obviously, it depends how they how the Blackhawks finish, but
0: <laughs> um oh, and being goaltender, you're not playing every night either. No,
1: yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I think it'd be – like obviously, to, to get to what was it – what was for 691? 691. 691, so almost 700. I mean, that close to 700, I feel like – I feel like he would go for it just for the sake of – like you said, the amount of games he's played to get to be as good as he is, he's like – he has hundreds of games to where – he kind of has that in pocket to where, oh, I'm like, obviously he's older, but at the same time, he still has a lot of longevity left in his career as long as he takes care of himself. Um, with that top number being that close to 700, I could see him break hitting 700 and then calling it kind of like how we talk about as soon as Ovechkin beats Gretzky's all-time goal record, he skates off the ice. We're never going to see that man again. Um, I could see Flurry kind of doing the same thing. He breaks 700 wins as a goalie, never done before. First team, first goalie to ever break 700, and I, I obviously, like jokingly, he wouldn't like just call it quits that game and be done. But that season would be his last. So, um, yeah, I think he has a great chance to do it. I didn't. I. I mean, I knew. I knew he was younger compared to some of the top goalies that have been in the game like in his career right now but i didn't realize that he has that many less games played so that makes it that much more obtainable for him i feel
0: yeah he's got three hundred and three hundred and sixty-five 365 less games played
1: and he needs 200
0: so that's four seasons he needs 200. That's a fuck ton of wins. dude. Yeah. They got a three out of 300 games. You got to win 200.
1: So, yeah, so <laughs> winning, which I mean, it sounds like a winning lot of
0: two out of three. Yeah. That's what you'd have to do for four seasons straight.
1: Which for you pick the bad. Well, you're to continuing
0: go. to get older and you're on the Hawks. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. He picked a bad team to go to in Chicago. Do you think he'd have to, to move that's somewhere else? Do you think he'd have to move somewhere else? Or do you think he could do it in Chicago?
0: I don't think he's going to get it done. Um, I think he can catch Patrick Wilde, but he ain't catching Martin Broder. That guy's the legend. Unless this guy just... Doesn't get hurt unless he literally doesn't get hurt. But, like, thinking back, Martin Broder played pretty much every single game. Patrick Waugh, he played almost every single game. Like, Flurry, he's missed a a bunch of time being hurt and all this other type of stuff. It's like, if he can make it to that point where he has the amount of games where he has the chance to do it, then yeah. But I don't think he's going to really don't
1: plus i didn't even think about that too he almost retired this year
0: <laughs> yeah
1: with the trade he's like no i'm gonna retire and then he decided nah i'll like i feel like you more or less did it out of professional courtesy to say all right you guys went out and got me i guess i'll come play for you kind of thing that's what it was just so that he didn't fuck over chicago basically but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I guess thinking about it more, it would make like realistically, it makes sense if he didn't get it. Although, obviously, as a fan of the game, it'd be dope to see him chase it. Uh, sticking with the goalie theme here for NHL, um, what goalie will have the most wins at the end of this season? Right now, Talbot has 15 wins, and Campbell and Vasilevsky have 14 each. Those are the top three guys, at least. I mean, if there's another guy who sticks out to you, obviously there's a handful of 13, 12, and then obviously it goes down from there. Um, But which goal do you think is going to have the most wins this season? I'm
0: going to go with Vasilevsky. He's just done it. the past two seasons. Think he's gonna do it again for Tampa Bay. He's just un—he's unreal. He's six seven, and moves how he moves. It's just incredible to see a guy of that size be able to play the position as well as he does. Hence, he takes up way more space in the net than these other guys. I'm going with Andre Vasilevsky. Um, a quick point pulling
1: this up because I. I hadn't like I I know who I want to say, but I just I'm checking uh, how many he has right now. Just because depending on how much this one Holby? What are you thinking, Holby? No, I'm thinking Markstrom.
0: He's five. Oh, never mind. He's got five shutties.
1: Yeah. I don't know how many all like straight up wins he has. I know I
0: was looking at it yesterday when I was looking at. He's ten and five, ten five and five, five
1: 5-shotties. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then I'm I'm gonna stick with Campbell. Um. Just because, like you said, he like they don't play 100% of the games, but I feel like when it comes down to the stretch for Toronto to put themselves in a good spot to get over their first-round hump, obviously it starts in the net, and I feel like they're going to lean on Campbell more and more come the end of the year. Um, and up there, up there in Canada in that division, well, I mean, they play other teams too, but looking at a lot of teams they do play, I feel like he has some easier pucks to stop compared to some other. Because um, they're, yeah, they're in the Atlantic. So Montreal, Ottawa, Buffalo. I feel like if Campbell's in the net on those, those are almost guaranteed wins. So, yeah, I'm going to say Campbell. All right.
0: Do you think Alex Ovechkin wins another Stanley Cup before he
1: retires? I do not think he will. Mostly because he's going to be a capital for life. And um, if he went elsewhere, maybe. But just with – because he just signed an extension this this past offseason. Um, it was obviously a no-brainer for Washington to keep him. Um. I mean, they're the top of the metro right now. So, I mean, they're obviously playing some really good hockey right now, but I don't know. I just feel like – I don't know. Again, his longevity when it, or his fatigue when it comes to the end of the season, he slows down. Um, last year he was hurt. So, obviously, if the Capitals miss some time with him in the playoffs, again, if he – Again, is dealing with some injuries. I don't know. I just don't think he wins another one.
0: If they do, I think it's going to be this year. I watched them play the other night, and damn, they look really fucking good. They look like a complete team, not a one-man show, kind Mm -hmm. of like the Maple Leafs relies on their young guns, their top line to kind of get it done. Florida's more of a complete team as well as the Wild. More complete teams, you know, the Flames, I guess you could even say is a complete – same with the Ducks, the Oilers, you know, kind of rely on McDavid, Dreisaitl to kind of get it done. Golden Knights, they rely on their big four basically to get it done. I I guess that's another goalie. I I think they can do it. I think they can do it.
1: Yeah, and that's another goalie too, talking about kind of who's going to be up there for a win, Samsonoff. He's been doing really good this year. for for washington
0: oh yeah i didn't even know i thought i didn't even know that he was a starter
1: yeah i like think a couple games i've watched he's just stopping everything <laughs> yeah
0: Ilya santonov sure he's 11 and one
1: Four so, yeah, so also eleven and one. So he actually, I mean, he has less wins than Talbot, Campbell, Vasilovsky, but best win percentage, <laughs> eleven and one. That's pretty damn good.
0: Yeah. Then they have another attendee who is four and three, four, three, and five. Washington. Vitek Vancek. <laughs> Vitek Van Vanek Van Eck. Something like that. <laughs> Interesting name, though. Yeah. But yeah, he's 11 1 and 1. So yeah, currently the best in the NHL. Sounds That's good. He's right there, 14 and 4.
1: Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, last question for you. Again, I guess sticking with the goalie theme, I didn't realize it till I am reading them now. Flames goalie Jacob Markstrom currently has five shutouts this season. The all-time shutout season record is set by George Hainsworth for the Canadians in the 1928-29 20, season with 27 uh, shutouts. How close do you think Markstrom could come to this record? He currently leads the NHL with five shutouts, the next closest is a couple guys with three. Yeah, he ain't not getting 27 fucking <laughs> shutouts. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he I don't think he would today's
0: NHL is so much different than how he used to be back then. I'm gonna say if he can get to 10, tremendous season. If you can get 10 or more shutties, that's tremendous on the year. And to already be at five. Keep doing what you're doing, and maybe, you know, the juice continues to carry, but there's just no way you can keep this up all year long. That's insane. Um, Like, 20% of the games he's played is a shuddy, because he's played 20.
1: Yeah. So, if he can – yeah, that'd be tough. Because if he plays, let's say seventy of their eighty-two games, he'd have to. They put him at like fifteen, like seventeen, eighteen, if he keeps his pace. <laughs> yeah, I guess thinking about it now, that's ridiculous. The that record's even more ridiculous, like than it first appeared. Like looking at it, putting mm. it into putting it into perspective of how far they already are in the season.
0: I think speaking about your boy Campbell, who you, or no, you picked Markstrom, right?
1: To win? But, For most wins? Yeah. I said Campbell. I was like considering Markstrom.
0: He's got the third most minutes played as a goalie this year. He's got the most games played with 22. Campbell? Yeah.
1: So you should have more wins.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's got 14 and 22 And Vasilevsky. My guy's got 14 and 21.
1: Oh, so it's just one less game.
0: Yeah, and then like other top goalies, like Washington's goalie, he's only played 14. The top goalie, technically, according to save percentage, Igor Shosturkin for the Rangers – He's only played eighteen games. Is yeah. he? What?
1: What's his record? He's thirteen,
0: three and two, with a point nine three seven, ninety three point seven save percentage. Damn. Markstrom's got a ninety ninety three point six. Campbell's got a thirty ninety three point five. Pittsburgh's goalie's 93.4. <laughs> like there's a couple that are d- d- d-
1: d- 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 yeah. like, all
0: right at the top. But that's crazy. He still got five shutouts and he still has the worst save percentage. Like that's crazy. And then my last NHL question for you here. Who wins the most? Who wins the most games this season as a team? And how many do they win?
1: Oh, boy. <clears throat> I'm just trying to think of, like,
0: the 1995-96 Detroit Red Rigs currently hold the NHL record with 62. Tampa tied them just a couple of
1: years ago. i'm gonna say uh, i'm gonna say either calgary or Florida,
0: and how many do they get
1: i'm gonna say it's gonna be Florida, Calgary one two Florida is gonna have. 51, and Calgary's going to have 50. Sounds good. I'm going to take the
0: Wild. I think the Wild can potentially break 60. Then I'm in second. I hate to do it, but I'm going to go with the Leafs. I think the Leafs have the second best chance to do it just because their division is shit. Like you said, Maybe... Ah, fuck. Boston, actually, I'm going to put in second place. Wild the first, Boston
1: the second. Because Boston has a shit ton of games in the pocket, don't they?
0: Yeah, they only have 23, and they're 10 points back. So if they win, win their five games that they are behind, they sit tied with the Leafs, Panthers, and Lightning. <laughs> all 38 and that's the Atlantic for you
1: yeah and
0: then the other teams 19-15-15
1: <laughs> yeah it drops off quick but yeah yeah that's all I had for the NHL sounds good and my last question for you here um, kind of a fun scenario for you to ponder with here you get one attempt for one million dollars. Which are you trying? Sitting in net and having to prevent an Ovechkin slap shot from his spot in the corner, or making contact with a one hundred mile per hour CC Sabathia fastball?
0: Usually standing in the net blocking Ovechkin slapper.
1: And, and like for the for the base for against Sabathia just any contact the ball the the bat has to touch the ball you can try to bunt you can swing if the ball you just have to get that ball to touch the bat
0: no chance
1: yeah i i mean i've never again never played hockey but i think i'd take i take the sitting in the net too just cuz
0: Hitting a fastball 100 miles an hour is one of the most difficult things to do on the planet.
1: Especially if you've ever done it, but like it's hard as a professional to do it. Just going out there for one try, I feel like I'd blink and be like, "Fuck!" Can I, can I do that? By the time, <laughs> by the
0: time you blink, that ball's from his hand hitting the mitt. By the time your eyes open, like you blink, you're missing the ball. Yeah, like that's how nuts that is. We're literally standing against Ovechkin. All you got to do is just pick one spot in that and just try to take up as much as you can (laughs) and get lucky. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Because
0: there's no such thing as stopping a perfect shot. Sometimes the shot's just too perfect. Yeah. Because those guys are so good where they can. Oh, I'm going to go off the bar and in. I'm going to go off the bar and down. I'm going to go off the bar to the other bar and in. Like, those guys are so good that they can pick out and do that shit. Where? Baseball, you swing and you miss. That's a strike. Yeah. You know, do-overs. <laughs> then my my question for you, Um, hearing the sad news of Demarius Thomas passing away, do you think he ends up making it into the Hall of Fame?
1: I would say yeah. I feel like he's going to be one of those guys where later in his career it's going to be like a grandson of his maybe or like a kid when in his older years. I don't know if he has any kids or not. Um like accepting the accepting it for him on his behalf. I mean, obviously Broncos legend, he kind of shifted around between a couple teams after that. Um he was one one of the best to do it when he was playing, um, and uh Super Bowl champion won it, won it in uh, won Super Bowl fifty with Peyton. So that's obviously helps his resume with how many receivers there are, like that have come through the NFL over the years. Having a Super Bowl on your resume helps. Where if you didn't have one, it'd be like, uh, oh, but this guy has one. This guy has two. This guy has three. Um. I don't know. I think he makes it eventually. Like I lo- love this. Like he was always a fun receiver to watch. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. I think it's going to be one of those later, like 10, 20 years down the road kind of thing.
0: Yeah. I don't uh, I think he gets in as well. He joins Jerry Rice, Randy Moss as two receivers who have for five consecutive seasons in a row had over a thousand yards receiving um he's you know on that list has a Super Bowl, and it's just so sad to see such a person who was always smiling and stuff all the time. He seemed like he was in such a good mood all you know when he was out there playing, sad to see the passing of him and just goes to show. That no matter if you're struggling with anything mental health-wise, don't be afraid to reach out and talk to somebody and reach out and get some help. Obviously, we, nobody knows the f- the full details about what happened, but they said it was related to mental health. So we can all, I guess, kind of assume what that means. Yeah. And. It's a sad situation So our condolences go out to everybody Of the Thomas family And everybody you who know, knew him And yeah thoughts T's and P's Thoughts and prayers
1: Yeah sounds good
0: Well alright I think that that's going to Conclude the show for today on Friday um, Hope Fuck Hope everybody has a great weekend stay safe and if you're in the midwest you know be safe in your travels leave give yourself some extra time don't be in a rush going anywhere uh, because there's a lot of snow coming so have a great weekend everyone see you on monday